The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, July 28th, 2023, season 19, episode number 12. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from Oxnard, California. The voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm a little bit on the struggle bus. <laughs> I get it. Let's be honest uh, with our own. Yeah, let's be yeah, honest. We love yeah. you guys out there. Derek is struggling right yeah, now. The voice, is, the voice is not as, as crisp as it normally is. worked too hard yesterday, I talking did. so much. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Did, and I'm exactly talking now having to pay the price. <laughs> talking yeah. about all these shows we do every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> But we're live in Oxnard, California. <laughs> it is our second show out here. Got my crew, Brian, Patrick, Amber. And uh, today we got a lot of things we're going to talk about. Um, we are going to get to some standout moments. We are going to tell you guys a little bit of what we've seen through these first couple practices. Uh, and Monday, pads will come on. Oh, Next yeah. time we go on the air, pads will have been on for a practice. Um, and so the one other thing I want to do today, and, and we'll probably spend the bulk of our time today doing, um, is laying the storylines out for fans. I think there are a number of storylines that entering this camp and entering uh, training camp through the preseason. These are going to be the storylines I think will be the predominant storylines for the Cowboys. And uh, I'll throw them out to you guys and let you guys just pontificate on those different storylines. Uh, but let's start first. Let's get some updates on some injuries. We've got a few guys that have some let's injury issues. Let's start with Donovan Wilson. What do we know, Patrick? Uh, Donovan Wilson, he left practice on day one, ladies and gentlemen, with what is reported to be a calf injury, potentially a calf strain. Uh, the good news is it's, it looks like the Cowboys dodged the worst-case scenario, so it's not a months-long. It's a weeks-long injury per Mike McCarthy uh, on yesterday. So Donovan Wilson will likely miss the entirety of camp and the preseason, but uh, not that big of a deal because I didn't anticipate Donovan would get much of any work in the preseason anyway and he's a veteran at this point he knows how to uh, jump in and play but expectation at this point is that he'll be available week one when the Cowboys visit the New York Giants a uh, second injury unfortunately also in the safety unit Israel Mukwamu uh, left with injury on the same day day one of practice but Mukwamu I'm told actually pulled himself uh, as a precautionary uh, re- for precautionary reasons he returned to the sideline but he wasn't street clothes um, but similar timeline for uh, between Mukwamu and Wilson. Mukwamu expected to be weeks long as well. So expect both of them on the field as it stands to play against the New York Giants. But in the meantime, they will not be at practice on the field, I should say. They'll be leading from the sidelines, and that's going to give these young guys like Marquise Bell, uh, Wanye Thomas, Tyler Coyle a chance to step up and really try to prove themselves. Which uh, which of those other line, uh, I'm sorry, safeties uh, do you guys see as, as being the biggest benefactors of this situation just from a standpoint of now getting some more looks more opportunity yeah I think yesterday Thomas had a play in the middle of the field where he was able to knock a ball down and stuff like that so yeah like Patrick's talking about though these you got some veteran safeties that are out and you mentioned all the young guys but I, I really you know you you talk about him you talk about with Bell you know, guys like that, playing safety in the National Football League to me is all about recognition. And the recognition is reps, mm-hmm. you know, and they, those guys don't get a whole lot of, you know, 
Tyler Coyle the same way. You know, give these guys the opportunity to get some practice working against some of the quality receivers and tight ends they have in camp. And, you know, you start to see the field a little bit better. You got a, you know, you got a quarterback that's capable of picking you apart if you don't make your right reads and stuff. So any kind of extra reps, again, it's because of injury. That's the shame, the part that you kind of feel bad about. But for young guys to get reps, like I say, Thomas, Bell, those guys, Quarrel, that helps them in the long run going forward. Let's uh, let's also uh, give me an update on Luke Schoonmaker. What do we know about him? Yeah, this one can, and I don't know if I could add anything like that. I, I was talking to some people about Luke, and this is an injury, a pre-existing injury that comes from Michigan is mm-hmm. where we're talking about here. And so, you know, when you're dealing with feet, you know, that's something mm-hmm. that just kind of, you know, there's the high ankles and then there's certain other injuries to feet and stuff that people just kind of, you got to give this thing a rest. You got to get let it, you know, and it's unfortunate because to me, I know through the draft show and the coverage that we were doing, he was picked in the second round. I was super excited about the pick because I've seen this guy, Michigan, run the football. You know, I've seen Blake Corum from Michigan just hammer it down people's throats in the Big Ten. Well, they're running behind Schoonmaker and stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, big body guy translates. That's a guy that probably needs to be working, you know, next to Tyron Smith, needs to be working next to Terrence Steele, needs to be working and kind of developing his craft a little bit. So the fact that uh, that they're trying to figure out a timeline for this, they really don't have a specific specific one. Unless, Patrick, you got one. I was told they're trying to work through that possibility of, when they can get him back on the field, but they're going to take their time with this one. Absolutely correct. And and specifically what Luke Schoolmaker is dealing with is plantar fasciitis. And as Brian so eloquently Very stated, painful, that, yeah, that yeah. does take time. It is painful. You don't want to try to push that because it, it can work against you yeah. very quickly, and then it will extend the length of your absence. Mm-hmm. So um, what I did like to see from Schoolmaker, what I did like as far as what I saw from Schoolmaker yesterday, is he's already out there doing mental reps. Yeah. You could see him in the team drills. He was off in the end zone, and he was – mimicking and doing phantom drills, trying to keep up with the mental reps and the assignments that so that when he is healthy and he gets in there, he'll be able to pick right up. But in his absence, obviously, we know Jake Ferguson, uh, for my money, he was coming in as TE1, and he was going to go against Schoolmaker for that role. But right now, it's uh, Jake Ferguson, who looks like he's put on some good weight. Yeah. Put on some good weight. Uh, he's ready to go. Peyton Hendershot needs to take advantage of these opportunities as well. But more so than those two guys are the ones that we didn't necessarily uh, talk too much about coming into training camp Seth Green Sean McEwen um, Princeton Fant some of these younger guys really now have an opportunity in Schoonmaker's current absence John Stevens John Stevens had a nice day day yesterday yeah day two I I ended up my eyeballs went to him a few times because I'm like hey look at that kid hey look at that kid again John Stevens he what he did yesterday in practice is a perfect example of what we're talking about here young guys need to step up and take this opportunity uh, and make sure that they get a name for themselves before Schoonmaker gets back on the field. Yep. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move on to, uh, to some well, of our – Well, hold on. I think you should mention someone else, uh, Trevon Diggs. He's been out on the sideline. He hasn't really been practicing yet. I don't think we know or have you guys heard yet any so, of the specifics. I know there's been a lot of questions as to – why he hasn't been out there just yet. So it's being described as a toe injury, and I know that when you're talking about two positions in particular, cornerback and wide receiver, you hear toe, you get scared. Yeah. Okay. But what it's being described to me as is a sore toe, 
And then when you look at Trayvon yesterday, the interception by Nashawn Wright versus Jalen Tolbert, for example, he ran full speed down the sideline. So Mike McCarthy said yesterday in the press conference that uh, Trayvon Diggs is quote-unquote fine. And then in practice, I see him sprinting down the sidelines. I'm inclined to believe that he is indeed fine. The Cowboys are just being uh, cautious with that, which makes sense with your $97 million cornerback. Yeah, if you got a part that's already sore, my thought is let that simmer down Mm -hmm. a little bit. Especially this early in camp. Yeah, early in camp. Give it a little time. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, the play that Wright made, I'd run down there too. Maybe put my pads on while I'm at it. Really nice job by him playing in position. Tolbert had him beat. And the ball just a little slightly underthrown, but rallied to get to that point. Good job by Wright. A lot of pressure on him. You know, people are kind of talking about yeah. him and Kelvin Joseph. Nice to see him have some early success. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Kelvin Joseph. Did you notice anything there? Didn't notice anything about Kelvin yeah, Joseph. Just, well, <laughs> nothing you, stood you out about Kelvin. Yeah, I didn't notice anything different there. Right. This, is, this is a make-or-break year for this, this is a, this this, is, There's, yeah, a, there's a lot of guys on this field. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. As this camp goes on, the thing that you will learn is, and, and I, I always thought this, I'm like, man, these, you know, we're going to have to let these players go. When I was in player personnel, we're going to have to let these players go. Yeah. Bill Parcells told me one time, he said, Brian, these players get themselves cut. Mm-hmm. They get themselves cut. They either play or they don't play. You know, don't ever feel bad. I'm like, well, you know, he goes, no, these players, they're going to either play for you or they're not going to play yeah. for you. So that field will tell you a lot as we watch these practices. I will tell you this, as much as we wanted him to step up as a cornerback yeah. and become one of the guys, yeah. he may actually just end up finding his role as a special teams guy. Because yeah. he's shown some flashes there where he could become a special teams ace. It's not what you yeah. want from your second-round pick, yeah. but there, there's, I, there's a, a need for something. I like felt that, right? like, though, that maybe they, they were playing him at safety a little bit, and then I was going, man, okay, I see what's, I see what's going on. And Because you talk about covering kicks, but then there were a couple of times where he had the penalties mm-hmm. – you know, yeah. uh, fair catch interference and all that. And you're like, oh, where's the awareness there? You know, and stuff like that. So you have to have that ability to see the field at safety. We talked yeah. about it earlier in the segment that, you know, you have to see the field. You have to be able to react. The, the part about him being tough and tackling, that's not the question. Nope. But, you know, he, he it, it's very much like it's like a woozier to me. Remember with mm-hmm. a woozier, yeah. it was always like he's in a position and he just couldn't finish the play. Yeah. And then you're like. Please just finish one of these plays. I think Kelvin Joseph might be one of those guys, too, that's kind of a please finish the play guy. Yeah. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, uh, a little early here, but we're going to go ahead and take our break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get into some of our standout moments or players. We'll let you guys go around the table uh, and tell us a little bit about what you've seen at practice, what's really stood out to you. We'll do it when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to the break. Dallas Cowboys training camp 2023 is here. Brought to you by American Airlines. Watch the team's practices on selected dates from today through August 15th in sunny Oxnard, California. Mission is free. For more information, visit DallasCowboys.com slash training camp. Welcome back. Second segment of the break. We're live from Oxnard, California. And this segment's brought to you by Blockchain.com. Ding! All right, so here we go. Let's get some standout <laughs> players and moments from the first couple of days of unpadded practices. Let's start with you, Amber. What, what stood out to you? Well, to me, a lot of the wide receivers have been making pretty nice plays. I mean, you talk about C.D. Lamb. He's been, he's been standing out. Cooks, he's been doing a really nice job. But one player that I've kept my eyes on is Jalen Tolbert. How, even though he's had a couple of plays where you're like, oh, no, that was not that great. He's had moments where you can see the growth that he's shown just from last year and to this point right now. You can see that he's taking a step up in as far as his confidence. There are moments that his, mo- his movements – to me, now look like they have a purpose. He's moving with purpose, and he's out there. He looks a lot more confident. And you can tell that, I guess, the time that he spent with Dak in his backyard with everybody else, just creating and building that relationship, that chemistry, it's starting to really show out here in camp. <laughs> I thought we were about to get hit with that ball. As, as but like, it, it was close. It, goes on it was close. But anyways, <laughs> wide receivers have done a really nice job, but just wanted to point out Jalen Tolbert and, and just tell fans that there's hope. There's hope there, and he's starting to show uh, some of that growth and development right now. I love that, and um, Jalen Tolbert is actually was one of the practice points that I put on the .com yesterday as far as one of the key guys that stood out to me yesterday. Even, for example, in that matchup against Nashawn Wright, right. even though Wright won that battle – 
Jalen Tolbert was right there, high pointing mm-hmm. it with Wright. Uh, he was physical, and then he went right back to Dak Prescott and said, "Come back to me." And guess what? Two plays later, across the middle, Dak Prescott rewards him for that confidence. So, but I'm going to go defense on this one. I'm going to go with Jabril Cox. Uh, Jabril Cox looks as Ooh. if he's he's carrying well, over. Yeah, he's carrying over what we saw from him in minicamp. Uh, his confidence level. Another former uh, mid round pick, <laughs> Jabril Cox's confidence level is reminding me of what I'm seeing from. Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert's confidence level is through the roof right now, and yeah. now Jabril Cox is as well, and he's playing like that. There was one play in particular. Uh, route comes across the middle. The read of the play was fantastic. The reaction was even better, and on top of that, uh, to- not Tolbert, I'm sorry, Cox played through the whistle. I thought at one point they yeah. were going to have to break that tackle up, and then kind of jokingly afterwards I asked Jabril, I said, were you going to take the receiver with you uh, home? And he was like, I would have if I had to. That's the kind of energy <laughs> I like. This is a, a pivotal season for Jabril Cox as well, and especially in that LB three battle where the Cowboys try to sort yeah he's the June guy you throw on the bubble kind of like what's Cox gonna how is he gonna play this year but especially the depth they need to figure out the depth at linebacker that's a good view right there I was up by Ambar and Derek watching practice and I'm gonna point out kept my eye on Terrence Steele yesterday Mm. and what uh one particular play Terrence Steele is your right tackle. They're going to run an outside play going all the way to the left, and they're going to try and carry it to the boundary and up the sidelines. Terrence Steele at his right tackle spot, he comes all the way through, and the next thing I know, he's out there blocking on the safety out in space. Mm. So here's the play going completely away from him. You worry about his agility, mobility, how he plays in space. He got engaged with the safety up the field, and then you watch the ball cut behind him there. So – it's it's good to watch him. The pass sets look good from him as well. He, uh, you know, he. It, it was very clear to me when he wasn't in the lineup. Adoga had some struggles yesterday playing a little bit of tackle. Feet not as good as it needed to be. Yeah. But it was good to see Terrence Steele engaged up the field, mobility, agility, all those things that we love about his game. All right. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pivot now to the storylines. Uh, that we will be talking about throughout this training training camp. Um, and I want to start with the storyline I think that's probably the biggest one for the Cowboys right now, Zach Martin. Yeah. Uh, my question for you guys is how much of an issue do you think Zach, Zach Martin's unhappiness with his contract uh, will be for the Cowboys this preseason heading into the season? I think, I mean, we've talked about it. You, we talked about it on the first show, you know, when the Cowboys want something, they're going to get it done. And I think it's not going to go into the season with you not having Zach Martin. He's going to be there. I think they'll find a, a solution. If anything, I look at this on the brighter side, the opportunities that this is giving other guys on the O-line. We know the issues as far as injuries, uh, that we've seen the O-line struggle and how often we see them shifting from position, even though, Sag has been that one constant guy that doesn't move and stays there, it still gives other guys the opportunity to just take those reps in here and and be able to bond and build that chemistry on the O-line as well. Um, But I don't – honestly – I'm just waiting for it to get done. We heard Dak Prescott on the podium say, just pay the man, pay pay him. He (laughs) deserves it. Uh, So, honestly. After you pay me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I just don't think it's going to be an issue at all. 
And, and I agree. I don't I don't think it's going to be an issue regardless of the amount of time it takes for this resolution to land. But I, I get the impression that this resolution is coming fairly soon, especially yeah. when you hear Tyler Smith yesterday after second day of practice yeah. say that Zach Martin sent a text message to each of the offensive linemen and he said, quote, unquote, I'll be there soon. So I think it's already in the works and I am 100 percent confident that of any player uh, getting a deal done, it will be on Zach Martin because that's the guy that you pay. And that's why Dak Prescott was so definitive and concise in that comment. Just pay the man. Because if you're Dak Prescott, you're already looking at an offensive line that's trying to sort itself out, even with Zach Martin right there being your security blanket at right guard. If you remove him, that's a that's a scary mm-hmm. uh, sight for Dak Prescott. So that's why Dak said what he said. But, you know, whether Zach Martin is out a week, two weeks, the entirety of camp, as far as his preparation, we see video coming out on Twitter right now. He's working with our good friend Duke Manyweather. Yeah. He's staying in shape. He's going to hit the ground running whenever he gets here. But in the meantime, great point by Ambar, much like Donovan Wilson, although injury that's injury-based, and Israel McConnell injury-based, it's an opportunity for these younger guys, Matt Farniak, for example, yeah. to step up and show what they can do on the interior of the offensive line. Farniak was a reason why it actually was a better practice at that spot because everybody else that took a swing at that right guard spot, it was a nightmare. It really, really was. Pay the man. They had Josh Ball had problems over there. Uh, You know, it's uh, TJ Bass had problems over there. I'm sure when Dak was standing on the podium yesterday, he said, pay the man, knowing how practice just went over on that right side. They, They really struggled over there and you know but the Cowboys we, we mm-hmm. yeah you put you put Demarcus Lawrence inside as a three technique and rushing the nickel there's going to be problems but it it just was not anywhere where it needed to be yesterday again Farniak to me was the best option there you know and 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 it was good you know Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith on that left side things were fine over there that right side was a mess other than Steele and Farniak. And, and that's the thing that scares me a little bit of, about, you know, not having uh, Zach Martin over there. So, yes, pay the man for yeah. sure. It's wild. Sometimes your absence will help negotiate your contract for you. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, one thing I'll throw out there, and I, I hear what you guys are saying from the standpoint, you don't worry so much about Zach. You know, he could come in. He'll be fine. I worry after what I saw yesterday. Yeah, and what, I, what yeah. I worry about as well is – um, continuity. Like yeah. I'm trying to build continuity that's, on this offensive fair. line True. with a bit. I mean, you. I don't know if I'd call it a, a brand new offense, but certainly newer elements being added to the right. offense. I really want my offensive line to to start develop that chemistry together as a unit. Um, and to me, that's where I think not having Zach there matters. Um, and so for every day he misses, yeah, you somebody else is going to get those reps. Right. But that's also one less rep or however many less reps that Terrence Steele is going to get with the guy he's going to be playing with yeah. on Sundays, right? Um, and that's where I think it's, it's one of those things where you would hope that at some point this gets resolved one way or the other and he gets out of here because you do want to start building that Well, chemistry. and I guess also when you speak at it that way, you can point out the voice, the voice lacking in that room uh, as far as leadership and experience. We know uh, Tyron Smith He's not, I mean, we've talked to him, yeah. <laughs> or barely, barely. You barely get to hear his voice. Oh, oh, my God. Almost got killed here. <laughs> hey, we're at camp, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that would be a miss. That would be a that miss. Training camp battle for yeah. kickers, that would be a miss. There we go. Well, that camera, we were almost made funny home videos there, didn't we? Oh, almost. Man. We almost oh, won man. the 25 almost. grand from home. <laughs> 
Chrome video. Right. Keep your, keep your head on now. the swivel. I'm awake now. Keep your head Anyways. on the swivel. Yes. Tyron Smith anyway. speaks in grunts. There Just you go. One, grunts. <laughs> one of the things that uh, Tyler Smith pointed out yesterday is that he is having now in his second year having to kind of st- step up and speak up and just take a little more of that leadership role yeah. in the meantime so that's good for young guys to develop that way but also it, it's it would be nice to have sex experience and voice guiding these guys i mean that's well. all of that's true and, and you know every coin has two sides yeah. and derek you make an excellent point you want continuity to be established early on so that you can build on it um the good news when it comes to that is with Terrence Steele coming back and yeah. looking like, you know, prime Terrence Steele and Tyler Beatish is right there. When Zach does return, you instantly have that pre-established chemistry between Beatish, Martin, and Steele. It's already there. Um, but then if you're the coaching staff, you have to find out what you have in these younger guys, Farniak and, some, and Idoga, when you operate him on the interior. you got to find out sooner or later what you have there or what you don't have there in the event that you might need to go out into veteran free agency and bring somebody in so that you have a better situation behind Zach Martin going forward. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate you, because you want Zach on the field, but being that he's not on the field, you got to take advantage of that. All right. It's hard to keep as, as we right really now. Just, <laughs> we can't concentrate and focus on this conversation. Yeah, we're kind of living the kicking yeah. battle right now. Yeah, aren't we? We, are, we are in the trenches, ladies and gentlemen. Like, straighten that out we a little bit. DallasCowboys.com does. Straighten that out a little bit. DallasCowboys.com will put you in the action. We will do that. We are here. Take one for the team. All right, right let's move on to the next storyline. Uh, and this is obviously. Wait, do we have concussion protocol as <laughs> as media folks? Because if it catches Derek, us in I'm the actually head, actually worried more like... about the kicking situation than I am Zach Martin. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. This storyline is probably oh. the biggest storyline for the Cowboys coming out of last season that they will have to answer going into the upcoming season. How will Dallas solve its interceptions yeah. from 2022? I tell you the. Um, hmm. There's the one thing that you kind of can hang your hat on if you look at the history of Mike McCarthy. And, yeah, he, he's, he had a Hall of Fame quarterback in, in Aaron Rodgers who doesn't throw interceptions. But his offenses tend to lend to not allowing that to happen. When he's been the primary play caller, you have seen where the, the interceptions, the touchdowns are high, interceptions are low. If you're a fan of that, if that's the how you believe in things, and I, I want to say that about Mike as a play caller, you know, maybe this is some things that – you know, I've, I've gotten trouble on, on my radio station. People have kind of taken this the wrong way about Dak. Dak is super aggressive when it comes to throwing the football. You know, and so you know, when you start to talk about how much trust does he really have, I mean, he has maybe too much trust. You know, maybe some guys were letting him down you know, when it came to, well, Simi Fihoko let him down just the other day. You know, and there's quite a few of those Dak interceptions where somebody let him down. Mm-hmm. So if you just, you know, Again, the trust, there's guys that are going to have to make some plays for him. But, you know, nobody ever talks about, uh, you know, the quarterback at the Rams when they won the Super Bowl and he mm. basically led the league in interceptions. Mm. You know, once you're, once you're, if you're, you find a way to win games and win playoff games and win the Super Bowl, some of those things go away. But I want to believe because of Mike McCarthy's history as he really does a good job of limiting the number. And maybe it's just the way he calls the game. Maybe it's the way, you know, and we'll see if, with, Brian, with him and Brian Schottenheimer if they can. But Dak's aggressiveness is one of those things 
that I think you're going to have to live with. That's what he wants to do. But it, I will, and I will throw this in too, Brian. It, I, I, when you say that about his aggressiveness yeah. and people letting him down, yeah. his receivers sure. maybe letting him down, that really goes back and speaks to what I think was the biggest challenge was I think, and again, I'm not trying to necessarily point out any particular player, but right. I think the level of his talent, of the talent of the right. receivers and what they were providing last season was down from what it had been the year before. Yeah. And and I think you you solve a lot of the problems of the interceptions by upping the quality. When you go out and get a Brandon Cooks, right. when you get Michael Gallup back to yeah. hopefully what we think Michael Gallup right. is, right. like those things alone take your second and third receivers and improve them over what you had last year. And yeah. that will give you targets that, by the way, if you are being aggressive sure. and you want to trust them, by giving them a shot to make a play, you know either they're going to make the play or nobody's going to make the play. Yeah, that's the thing about it, though. But but you go back and you watch in the Green Bay game, and he throws an interception down almost in the red zone where Schultz and Lamb, somebody – he Dak was thinking somebody was going to break inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had two guys basically in the same area, and one of them was supposed to go inside. And Dak's reading that, okay, I'm going to throw you inside where you need to be. And there's the trust. Yeah. There's the trust factor. And to your point, I totally agree with you because, you know, Noah Brown throwing to him and all of a sudden the ball's in the air. It, Michael Gallup wasn't at his absolute best. You know, I mean, the things happening there. Simi Fajoko out here, you know, immediately it's like, oh, damn it, Dak's throwing another interception <laughs> where the ball hits Simi Fajoko between the eight and the one. Yeah. You know, and he's got to make that play. Though he did underthrow the ball yesterday, but what is he doing? He's taking a shot on a nine route, right. and it was a really a good play. And ball by the way, the those throw. kind of balls, yeah. I'm not as upset about. That's a point right. in, in my mind. In practice, you don't want to do it all the time, but it, you, yeah. you take that chance. you got to figure that out, right? In practice, yeah. if you want to do that, if you want to figure out, if you want to challenge that, let's go for it. But like I said, there's my, my I'm banking on that Mike McCarthy's way he calls plays could limit the way that Dak Prescott could be put into some harm's way of throwing some interceptions. And, and I've always been, and I agree, and I've always been on the, the, the hill of you don't want to mute, for lack of a better way to put it, you don't want to mute Dak Prescott's aggressiveness. Yeah. Um, you, you want to trim it so that you can eliminate as many riverboat throws as possible. Right. But you got to understand that some of those riverboat throws are going to win you games. Right. Yeah. Right. That's how yeah. you, well, you, you have yeah. to have that kind of quarterback. But here's the big thing for me. For those that are harping on uh, Dak, Dak's 15 interceptions last season, you go back and you look at the film, and to my count, and I logged each one of them, it was 33 34% were accountable to the receivers. So if you take that yeah. out of the math, then that means he threw 10 interceptions. Now, granted, that was in a shorter time frame, only 12 games, but 10 interceptions mirrors what he typically does on an annual basis. Right. So you still say, okay, 12 games, 10 picks, got to peel that back. I believe he will because – uh, history shows that he can when he has a three-headed monster. First full year of Amari Cooper being here, Dak Prescott, that's when he almost took the record from Tony Romo, 4,902 yards, 30 touchdowns to only 11 picks. He was injured in 2020. We know about the broken ankle. 2021, another Amari Cooper year, almost 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Now you bring in Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm. Logic dictates and history tells us that in this formula, Dak Prescott will thrive. The interceptions will uh, decrease. The production will increase. And then you you add McCarthy into it as a play caller, and now here we are. Well, but then again, we're going to get to week eight, Patrick, and Ambar's going to go, this offense makes no big plays. If this thing turns into dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, and then Ambar in week eight is going to go, where are the big plays? Where are the chunk plays? Where are the 20-yard plays? This offense, it's da, 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 you know, and, oh, they get off the field. They don't score any points. 
you know, that's the problem. If you, you talk about muting Dak and they don't make big plays and they don't get points, you know, because that's one of the things. They're one of the teams of the league in big plays. Yeah. Yeah. You know, them, don't the Dolphins. For, I mean, they, they, they're one of the teams that make big plays in this thing. And the minute this turns into just a dink and dunk offense, fans are going to be losing their damn minds yeah. about that. You know what? Surprisingly, I myself don't feel concerned for the interceptions this year. I feel like now with enough season, because last year, what was that thing that we always heard after a game, Brian? Yeah. Press conference? Yeah. Dak saying, my bad. We'll I've got, I've got to improve. I've got to cut down. Yeah, and then yeah. Week after week, yeah. we would see kind of the same performance. Right. But I think now with this break and working together and all that, I do know for a fact that I feel a lot better about the wide receiver group currently than I did last year at the same time. So I think that they're starting training camp on the right foot with the right kind of guys that you want. So wide receivers, I feel a lot better. Dak, I think he's going to figure it out. And I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't want him to take a step back and become more conservative. Yeah, I yeah. think he should keep going. Yeah. And it's all about getting on the same page, being on the same page, that chemistry that we keep mentioning, just knowing, okay, I know exactly where that guy's going to be, and you know exactly that I'm going to you. And and just that comes with time, but and obviously you feel like you're running out of time here. When yeah. is the time coming? But I do think that they're on the right track, and I think that would be an area that I believe that they will definitely have improved by the start of the season. Chemistry and trust, yeah. to Amar's point. Chemistry and trust. And it looks like he, he has an instant in building chemistry with Brandon Cooks, already has it with mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb. They had some timing issues last year that resulted in some of those interceptions. Lamb not crossing face. Yeah. Uh, He's going behind the safety. But we've also seen Dak uh, make throws. Like, for example, he doesn't make the throw, the game-winning throw in New York to Cole Beasley if he doesn't trust that receiver. Yeah. There was a particular play against the Cleveland Browns when Cooper was here, Amari Cooper was here in Dallas. It was a keyhole throw. He doesn't make that throw if he doesn't trust the receiver. Right. So this is Dak trying to see who he can and cannot trust, yeah. and now it's the time to do it in training camp. In fact, the matter in this kind of offense, what we, what we think we're going to see from this offense – that's what this offense is predicated on. Right. It's yeah. those timing-based throws. Yeah. It's yep. those quick get the ball out. And the receiver has to be, yeah. I mean, with pinpoint accuracy in the spot where he needs Who to be because the ball is going to be there, great, right? Yeah, great. So you got to be yeah. able to trust them. Yeah, right? yeah, great example yesterday of them running. They're running a lot of bunch formations, yeah. three to one side, and then scatter. And then also they got these pit, these pick routes, too, where they're driving guys inside and then running CD behind that. You know, and he's sitting down in the zone and Dak's throwing the ball. That's exactly to your point, though. Mm-hmm. Receivers need to be where they are or supposed to be, and you also need to find a way to finish, though, if you're a receiver. Don't let the ball clang off you and go in the air, and then somebody makes an interception, and now we're talking about the quarterback in a high number of interceptions at a right. game or a practice. Or and and like it's that. also true that Dak needs to also make sure that he's uh, making the smart decision. Example, you look at the playoff game against the 49ers, you dodge a bullet once against Fred Warner, yeah. you can't go there again. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of things that are accountable to Dak Prescott, and he knows it, and those that's what he's working to clean up mentally. All right, we're going to take our final break, come back. we got some more storylines we'll hit. We'll do that in a second. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. SeatGeek has your back no matter what kind of fan you are. So whether you're a diehard fan or a don't-really-care fan, a we-got-em-next-time fan or we'll-never-win-again fan, a here-for-the-tailgate fan or a first-one-through-the-gates fan, SeatGeek not only makes buying and selling tickets easier than ever before, they made just about everything else easier, too. So whether you're a here-every-week fan or haven't been here in years fan, SeatGeek has you covered. Download the SeatGeek app today. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to the break. The official uh, 2023 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine, I love you, Beam, Star Magazine Training Camp Preview is now available. This year's edition, which Chris Beam absolutely loves, features scouting reports, position analysis, a pullout schedule, which Amber Garcia has at her desk, and articles from your favorite (laughs) Cowboy writers like Patrick Walker. Get your training camp preview today at DallasCowboys.com slash the star. Star. Not the star. Star. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. <laughs> I'll We're train wreck these Oxnard, things. Oxnard, California. We are avoiding kicks, and uh, <laughs> we are uh, we're taking you guys through the storylines of training camp. Uh, let's move on to our next topic. This, this one, one, the kicking situation. <laughs> Look, I had that one. I literally had that one at the bottom of the list. But you know, it seems like a great time <laughs> yeah. to go ahead and have that conversation. Yeah, call, the, call the audible. You know, oh, you no, go ahead. What do you, what do you right got now. there, Paul? I know you got it lined up how, how you want. Let me, let me let me ask you that though. <laughs> Yeah. How concerned are you guys with, with what's going on with the kicking <laughs> situation, <laughs> I guess, at this point? Right on cue. Our, our producer, Chris Beam, he's on record. He's a little a little worried, just a little concerned for his life. <laughs> no, well, I thought, I thought, go ahead, Patrick, because I thought you made a good point when we were just talking at the break. Yeah, for me, uh, coming into camp, this was still the most glaring uh, position that needed to be addressed. And, and I said it uh, at several points. I understand you, you bring in, you bring back Tristan uh, Viscaino, and then you go and get Brandon Aubrey from yeah. the USFL. And the question was posed to me on 105.3 FM, the fan, on yesterday morning, uh, do I feel like one of these guys is the answer, as Jerry Jones said, one of them can be. I don't have the body of work that gives me that level of confidence. I can't justifiably sit here and say, yes, I believe that. And 
therefore, I do have some concern mm-hmm. at the position. And as these footballs sail <laughs> uh, over our heads with the goalpost over there, um, it just re- far, yeah, far left. It, just, it, it reinforces that. Now I understand these guys; they have to the get wind. there. Yeah, there's some wind, and they got to get their their leg beneath them, you know, so to speak. But that being said, again, neither of these guys have the the body of work that gives me the confidence. And then what we're kind of halfway seeing, they're struggling to start uh, training camp. Hopefully they pick things up. But when you have some veteran free agents out there, like a Mason Crosby, for example, um, who has familiarity with Mike McCarthy, obviously, from their days with the Packers, Viscaino and Aubrey, they're really going to have to get it going. And they can't wait until later in camp to get it going. It has to happen now, or we're going to be looking at a situation like last year where a veteran was brought in and ended up winning the job. Yep. Yeah, I, I think everything that Patrick said is absolutely correct. And, you know, it's 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 almost like they're well, – I'd be interested to see if they do some actual kicks in practice in front of all the media. Which they haven't really they done haven't. And point, I think yeah. Mike McCarthy, we don't see a lot of one-on-one. For a reason. Comes, <laughs> yeah, we don't see a lot of one-on-ones and things like that. Yeah. It's almost like you're not – we really don't want people to write or talk about, okay, they were 6 of 10 from – and then you're, you know, we're charting all the distances and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I just – I don't think they want to put that out there that way. We've learned this about Pierre being in Oxnard, though. This is kind of a difficult place to kick, even though it's sunny and bright and nice. They have trees all over this place, and the wind comes over these trees and stuff. But it does do tricks with the ball. So we've seen some kickers look really – last year they were kicking into a pretty stiff breeze. It was like they were four of nine. They were, you know, three of – you know, whatever. it was just – it was kind of – It wasn't it kinda, pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. And yeah. So I'm saying I think they're trying to kind of figure this thing out right now, and maybe, even, maybe not in front of the media. Maybe yeah. it's going to be – after practice, before practice, those kinds of things. You know, every time I've ever asked about kickers in general since the Dan Bailey era, I've always been told the same thing as far as, like, how easy, quote-unquote, it is to bring a kicker just because the nature of the Mm. position. You don't – it's easier to kind of give them a tryout and Mm. then bring them in and just plug them right in and all that. But I've seen year after year when you talk about the problems that they've had kicking the ball, it doesn't seem like it ever really mm. works Whoa. out that way with yeah. a few exceptions. Yeah. Um, but even every time we head into training camp, I feel like they're, they're, they're always waiting towards the very last minute to go into panic mode when yeah. it comes down to the kicker position. Yeah. So I'm just, I just hope that... They can take no. I mean, obviously they're watching everything, but yeah. that they can take action a lot sooner than what happened last year, as an example. Let me ask you this question, though, because I, I hear what you're saying. I wonder sometimes if the kicker position is one that is very different than other positions in the NFL. Like, if you got a linebacker problem, yeah. you know you can go into the draft that year and there will be linebackers available mm-hmm. to solve your yeah. linebacker problem, yeah. right? You just got to pick the right mm-hmm. one. You don't ever, you don't have that every year when it comes to kickers. Like, there is kind of this certain number of kickers that are out there and that number doesn't seem to be changing very very much and and so you're really taking a shot on guys that are unproven to try to figure out if maybe you could kind of find one but it's not as simple as finding other positions to to be able to get ahead of it as you say right unless you draft one Right, because to your point. And well, you could also. No we've also. On well, that. I, yeah, I was going to say. We've, we've seen, seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers exactly. second round that's pick. Fair. That's yeah. exactly and, and right. Green Bay, we drafted a third round guy that didn't work. Yeah, out. yeah. yeah. there's there, there's no, not going to be any guarantee on any position that you draft well, for any play. But I, I get what you're yeah. saying, and you're absolutely correct. Here's where I'm going with it, though. Uh, 
because of the greatness of Dan Bailey, and Dan Bailey was an undrafted free yeah. right. fine. Yeah. I'm of the belief that that gives the front office confidence in saying, well, we did it once, we can do it again, which is generally true. If I show you something once, then yeah. if I show it, could oh, do no, it's possible. I could probably do it well, again. This, but we're yeah. now so far removed to Ambar's point. We're so far removed from Dan Bailey that maybe we should think a little bit differently as far as approaching the position is what I'm saying. Well, this is where Derek and I grew up together here in Dallas Cowboys about the same time. And they used to have a kicking coach here named mm -hmm. Steve Hoffman. Yeah. And Steve Hoffman, whoever, whoever the official sponsor for the Dallas Cowboys is for building projects and stuff like that, I don't know which company, so I don't want to say. <laughs> but whoever is that, Hoffman could go to that particular depot place or wherever and find 10 dudes, and he would find a Pro Bowl guy out of that. <laughs> Never when I was working yeah. with the scouting department here did I ever have to evaluate a kicker. Because we had Steve Hoffman. Yeah. Steve Hoffman knew. <laughs> he just find them. He would find guys. He, he found down. like high school five. teachers. Yeah, he had it down. Yeah, he would find them. Bono, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he had them all. Tim Cedar, right? Tim, Tim Cedar, Cedar was the one that was a coach, Billy right? Cundiff. Yeah. He had them all. He would just go down to the local store and say, "Pro Bowl kicker." Yeah, and he would find them. Yeah, and that and that's where. I mean, I want the days of Steve Hoffman. I know he's coaching special teams somewhere right now. I want that day back where <laughs> I don't have to worry about this anymore. That Midas touch type Because of what's going to happen is this head coach is okay with kicking field goals. It's going to be tight, tough games that he's going to play. He's going to be – if he's calling the offense like he's talking about it, mm -hmm. there's going to come down to some kicking situations. We've seen it before. So, to Ambar's point, please – Please, please, please make it a priority right now. Now, I'll, I'll, to that point, and I'll kind of pick, uh, dovetail off of that, I would like to plead to the play caller, the offensive play caller and <laughs> Mike McCarthy, and just, hey, listen listen to me, Coach. Um, the more effective this offense can be on third down, the less you have to worry about how effective mm. your kicker yeah. might or might not be. So there you go. Yeah, and I'll take you one step further. How efficient you can be on first and second down will then dictate we'll how efficient you can be on third down, down which will then did. make sure you keep that kicker on the sideline. So, so just be right. perfect. You don't have to be perfect, but you, you got to be better. We're not asking much, Coach. Come on. We're not asking for much. You got to be better than 35% on third down. Yeah. I mean, winning first down to me is, I think, winning first down to me, whether you're on offense or defense, that's really where, to me, offense and defense matters. Like, first down. How, if you can win on first down, it dictates everything else until you get to a punt or you get to another first down, you know. And so I think that's a critical down uh, for the Cowboys. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're going to be back on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll be back on Tuesday, and uh, we'll get to some of the defense. We didn't get to a lot of the defensive storylines. We'll get to some of those on Tuesday. We will also have at that point a practice that we will have gone through where the Cowboys will have on pads. They come on on Monday, so we'll get to see a little bit more, particularly on the offensive and defensive line where guys start uh, kind of running into each other a little bit more. That should be fun. Till then, for Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?